And we're going to read one verse here, verse number 16. And while you're turning there, if you would stand with us tonight for the reading of the Word of God. Amen. Romans chapter number 1. And we are going to read verse number 16, a verse that many are familiar with. You have read, you have heard, you probably quote it. And uh, but we're going to look here at this and... I believe the Lord wants to challenge and charge the church tonight, amen, in behalf of what he'd like for us to share this evening. Romans 1 and verse 16, if you're there with me, won't you say amen? The Bible says, why don't we do this? Why don't we read it aloud together? Can we do that? This one verse, let's read it together. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Can we read that first part again? For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Amen. Can we pray together tonight? Father, I thank you once again for every heart and life represented. I pray your anointing to rest upon our ears that we hear. And Lord, upon our hearts where the word of God is applied in the fertile ground of our souls. Lord, we don't want just an experience to say that we have been to church. But Lord, we know that through your anointing, through your word, oh, change is produced. And Lord, let us leave here walking in a greater uh, uh, place in our relationship with you. Father, I pray tonight, anoint our hearts and ears, my mind and lips. Hide me, I pray, behind the cross of Calvary. We want to hear you and see you tonight. Meet us in these altars, I pray. And we do ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated this evening. Praise the Lord. Tonight, if I may, I know that already uh, you might say that we are, uh, any time that we are uh, preaching or we should be doing this, is that we are declaring, we are preaching the gospel. But tonight, if I may, I, over the weekend, the Lord just began to roll some of this over in my heart. And, and uh, I could not just escape this thought. And I began to think about what a privilege it is to be a preacher of the gospel. And beyond being a preacher of the gospel, I'm thankful that we have, all of us, the opportunity not only to be ministers of the gospel, but to live the gospel every single day. And if I can, for just a few moments tonight, I just want to preach on this topic, and it simply is 
the gospel. Amen. The gospel. And here we find the Apostle Paul as he, if you will, is taking a, a look, introspection, and, and, uh, and not only of uh, all that, uh, that God has done in him and through him, because uh, we come to find that Paul, he was one, the Word of God says, he was very zealous of the law. He had went out, we know before he was Paul, that he was Saul who had persecuted the church. He was a murderer of Christians. And of course, his radical conversion on the road to Damascus and, and the literal transformation that happened, amen, in him where God even had changed his name to produce or to signify the change of character. The Bible says as he stood before the prophet and the prophet laid his hands on him that literal scales fell off of his eyes. And we find as he was filled with the Holy Ghost and there was a lot that in Paul's life when he was Saul, should I say, that he looked back on and he said, I'm sure at times grieved in his spirit and at times shaking his head, he said, oh my, he said, there's lots that I'm ashamed of. Lord, there's lots that I'm embarrassed of. There's lots that I wish that if I could do it over, I would have done it over. I would have been a different man a whole lot earlier. However, Brother Christian, he was able to stand and say, but there is something that I am not, nor will I ever be ashamed of, and that is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He said, I will not be ashamed because he could personally brother Eli testify of the fact that it was and is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. Amen. We know tonight that the gospel in its definition it means the good news. Amen. The good news. The gospel. And tonight if I may I would just uh, I, I would like to remind you of a few things about the gospel and with the Lord's help I believe he will encourage us tonight and I pray challenge us tonight amen sake and the cause of the gospel. Number one, I want you to understand and all of us can testify the fact that around us there is much news that circulates. We have news outlets here in the United States of America. Every one of these news outlets are competing and tripping over themselves to be the number one newsmaker in the United States. They are after the ratings and they want to tell you of all the things that are going on in the world and there is a lot of them each that claim that they are telling you the truth. Amen. We hear all kinds of things such as you know it's uh, unfiltered it's uh, there's no spin there's no adding to taking away whatever the case might be and I can I can clearly and with a clear conscience report to you that every single one of them are liars amen 
Oh, but Brother Jake, you're offending me because I'm a this man or a that man or I listen to this or I listen to that. Can I just tell you the most liberating thing that I have ever done was learn to turn that mess off. Amen. That I have learned to turn that television off. I don't have to have updates on my phone. I don't have to hear every five minutes what the White House is doing. I don't have to hear every five minutes what What's going on in this place or that place or what's wrong with Texas or what's wrong with this or all the crisis here or whatever and some would say well brother Jacob you're just an advocate to be an ostrich that sticks his head in the sand and you're just going to go on your merry way no sir no ma'am I'm informed I'm aware of things that are around us there are things that are very much on my prayer list but Here's what I have learned. I am going to set my heart, amen, to the good news. I'm going to set my eyes to the truth of God's Word. As there is each of these that are clamoring to tell you that they are telling the truth. And the Word of God says, and why I can make such a decree, He said, let all, let God be true and all men be liars, amen. Amen. In this you will find that around the news, around the opinions of the world, even excuse me, through social media that there is an inciting of men to fear. That's what drives up a man a rating. That is what is classified as breaking news. Have you ever heard that? If there's ever been a term I've been so sick of is how can we have breaking news every five minutes? I mean, it just don't make no sense to me. And then if you listen, they might change a few things, but it's the same old message. Bob, we've got breaking news. And they give you that stealthy look. We've got breaking news. We've got it. We hate to interrupt your program because we're going to tell you we've got breaking news. Amen. And, they, and all that, can I, just, can I just tell you, can I hurt your feelings a little bit tonight? I might as well jump right on in because I already, I already feel I'm there already. Amen. Can I just jump right on in there? They are reading words off a teleprompter. <laughs> they are reading exactly what they are paid to read. And can I tell you that every time you watch that mess and your blood pressure goes up and you can't sleep at night and you've got a bleeding ulcer and all you can think about inflation and gas prices and groceries and all these things that are going on and you ain't got no peace of mind and you've done forgot whose child you are and you've done forgot that heaven is still our kingdom and still our home and you get to looking around and everybody's running in a panic and saying what in the world are we going to do I want to remind you of what the true news is of what the gospel is and that is is that this world world is not my home. I am passing through. I want to let somebody know tonight this is not how the story ends. Hallelujah. Oh, 
But they, I mean breaking news, and we've got this, and we've got this problem, and we've got this thing that's going on. Oh, my goodness, I mean everything's just terrible. The world's burning down all around us, and the world will catch fire, and the world will burn up. But can I tell you, while the world that burns up, there is a bride of Christ who has gone up, amen, into the portals of glory oh because there's a savior who is still the king of kings he is still the lord of lords such opinions they contrive a thought listen to me such opinions and you listen to that kind of garbage it will contrive a thought and then thoughts that are thought on long enough become beliefs they become beliefs Can I tell you there is nothing more dangerous than a quote-unquote Christian who knows the Word of God, who knows all these things, and yet there are things that you are hiding in your heart and you are believing and you've bought it hook, line, and sinker and it is completely wrecking your world. It has you in turmoil. It has you to where you can't see clearly and you have forgotten who God is and what God can do. Can I say that these contrived thoughts that become beliefs, they They are the narrative that leads blind men to follow other blind men. Oh, and as a result, there are people, even in the church, who are looking to this world. And might I say, it is a futile effort to find some sense of a promising future. Oh, there are those that would say, well, if we can just get this, if we can do this, oh, can I tell you tonight I know that life is not perfect I know that we live in a dark day I know the unimaginable is coming real before our very eyes oh but church can I tell you if there's ever been a time that we grab a hold of the gospel that we grab a hold of the promise of this book and not only do when I say grab a hold of it I don't just mean that we've got a way where we read our daily verse and well we can quote a little memory verse but I'm talking about it's inside of us and it keeps us from sin and it keeps us by being polluted by this world David said thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God Can I say tonight there are some of us we could use some good news. And you're not going to find it in this world. But the good news, listen to this, the good news, the gospel. Can I just be a little bit elementary tonight? I'm not calling you elementary minded. I'm not calling you stupid. I'm just saying, can I just put it out? It's the basics. It's the basics, the good news. The news that Christ was born. He was crucified. He was buried and resurrected on the third day. And that he is returning. Hallelujah. Did you? I don't think you heard me. It's a little bit too quiet. Oh, he said the good news is that Christ was born to a virgin and that.
that he was crucified for my sin and yours. But death could not hold him. He stayed in that tomb three days. But Brother Torbert, the gospel said, on the third day he got up out of that grave and after proving himself alive to many witnesses, they watched him as he ascended to the Father and the angel declared unto them, he said, this same Jesus that goes away, he will come again. Somebody ought to clap your hands and give him praise. It is the gospel. It is the gospel. Oh, listen to me. The gospel has become something that has become uh, uh, stripped down and reduced to an idea of some slick preacher in a pulpit. There are some, hey man, I want you to know that they have done everything to change the message. But I want to remind you that the gospel, it is a message that has changed man throughout the millennium. It is a message that has shaken the nations. It is a timeless truth that has been opening the doors of captives and has been transforming the hearts of men. I want to remind someone tonight that the good news, the gospel, is still just as powerful and it's still just as effective in 2022 as it's ever been. And that you can hold on to it. Can I say tonight a few things? I am not ashamed of John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, somebody shout whosoever. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, and he went on to say... For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Somebody shout amen. I am not ashamed of Romans 6 and 23 that still declares, for the wages of sin is death. Oh, but the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. You can go to any church in the vicinity of 50 miles and you'll find somebody, some pulpiteer that would rather motivate you and help you believe you are your best self instead of proclaim the fact that sin will cost you, that sin will send you to hell, that we've got to get right with God. I want to tell you, in a day and time, Brother Torbert, where there's a lot of preachers hiding in foxholes. They don't want to upset the apple cart. They don't want to affect the attendance. And they definitely don't want to touch the finances. May there be some more men and women who would dare declare and say, we've got to get right. We've got to get holy. we still got to be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Hear me, there is a harlot church that is out there trying its best to imitate and pull from that bride of Christ. And she will tell you, you can be a homosexual and a lesbian. 
Come on. It's creeping into our churches. It's creeping into our churches. And hear me, may God help us, it doesn't affect you like this. But we, I know some folks, I know some folks who once took a stand for righteousness, who once believed the Word of God. But when that Spirit got a hold of their kids, when that Spirit crept into their family, then they want to stand and say, well, you know, we're not going to take such a hard stance. Well, you know, we're going to overlook it. Well, you know, I don't really endorse it, but you know, that's my baby. That's my daughter. That's my son. That's my granddaughter. I know we're being live streamed. I know this ain't popular, but I'm going to tell you the truth ain't popular. And the truth ain't always comfortable. They will tell you you can still be an alcoholic. You can still drink socially. You can still. It's okay to watch this and that in your house. It's okay to act like this or that. It's okay to show up and sit on a pew but be a backbiter and be full of envy and be full of jealousy and be a pot stirrer. Come on somebody. You're not shouting but I'm preaching. I'm here to tell you tonight the wages of sin is death but the gift of God. Oh the enemies come to kill steal and destroy. I'm not here to only tell you about the problem of sin I'm here to tell you there is an answer. He said, but I have come. You might have life and life more abundantly. Oh, we've got a generation that bristles. Don't you call me out. Don't you talk about my lifestyle. And God forbid, don't you pick on my baby. Come on here. We got a generation running straight to hell, a generation living like the devil. But there's that harlot church that says, come on over here. You can sit in the dark and you can live in the dark. Ain't no accountability. Ain't no accountability. There's no altar call. Don't worry. We... <laughs> there ain't no altar call. Don't worry. Don't worry. We want to make everybody comfortable. We want you just to sit there and be just fine. Oh, don't you get a don't you get a preacher? Don't you worry. I'm not one of them preachers where I'm going to ask you to bow your head and I'm going to ask you to come to the altar. Oh, and there are some if they're not offended against sin, then they are offended against the spirit of God. They want to stick you in a room somewhere and tell you if you've got a tongue or an interpretation, you got to go in a back room. You got to find deacon stick in the mud and tell him what God told you so he can tell the pastor and the pastor can tell the church no sir no ma'am I'm here to tell you there's a bride who is clothed washed in the blood and full of the spirit oh may God give us one more time I'm talking about the gospel the gospel and I want to tell you I'm not ashamed of it Bring, bring channel 2 in, we'll tell them. Bring channel 12 on, we'll tell them. Come on here. It's the gospel, and I'm not ashamed. Too long, too many times, we as a church have sat back somewhere in a corner. We have folks coming into our services, and we want to hang our heads, and you're praying under your breath. I sure hope pastor behaves himself today. You ain't got to say it. I know you're thinking it. 
I sure help. Lord, don't let him. Please, please, please let Brother Eddie hit the brakes this morning. Don't let Brother Eddie. You got permission to run as much as you want. You can shout, Sister Bambi, I don't care who shows up to visit. Can I tell that story, Brother Gerard? Do you think it'd be all right? All right. Brother Gerard, a few Sundays back, he said, I've got a visitor coming. He said, it's a co-worker. And he, he said, now Brother Gerard didn't say, please behave. But he said, he ain't ever been in a Pentecostal church. And if you remember a few Sundays back, Sister Linda, I mean the glory of God opened up in this house. And Brother Gerard and them was up there counting money. And I look up, Brother Gerard's looking over the balcony, about to break his neck, staring at He went over there. Brother Pickens, he sat down by his buddy. And his buddy is looking around. And, he, and Brother Gerard was trying to help him. Amen. To understand a little bit. Come on here. I'm not making fun of the man. But here's what I'm saying. The, the church that's ashamed. The church that's ashamed. They'll sit back and sit by and say, well, come on. We ain't got to do all that. We ain't got to be that way. We ain't got to do this. We need to have our checklist. We need to stay in the box. Oh, my goodness. Do you think pastor will preach today or will he not? Can I tell you? Anytime the Holy Ghost moves, he is the preacher. He is the anointed. He is, it's better than anything I could deliver to you. And if you've got a problem, you better take it up with God. Because can I tell you, nothing I can say can do any better than what the Holy Ghost says. What the Holy Ghost does. I want to say tonight, friends, that brother sat there and tears running down his face. He didn't know what to do with what he was feeling. But I'll tell you what he was feeling. It was not the personality of Jacob Smith. It was not a legacy of Victory Temple. But it was a power of God that was moving. It is the gospel at work. The gospel works. It works. We ain't got to add anything to it. We ain't got to take anything away from it. It works. Oh, I'm only on point two. I ain't got to my points. I am not ashamed of Mark 10 and 34. And they shall mock him and shall scourge him and shall spit upon him and shall kill him. And the third day he shall rise Come on here. They mocked him. They scourged him. They spit upon him and they killed him. And the third day he shall rise again. Brother Michael, it's a gospel. Some don't want to preach the cross because they say it's too bloody. They say it's too ugly. They say, well, there ain't no sense in going all that round. 
about or doing all that thing. But can I say tonight, I want to let you know, though that old rugged cross, it still has a wondrous attraction to me. For it was there my Savior bled and died for my sin and for yours. I'm not ashamed to preach the message of his death, of his mockery, of the fact that he was buried, but he did not stay in that tomb. I am not ashamed of Acts chapter 2. Verses 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon upon each of them listen and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance can I say tonight friends it is the gospel it is the gospel that he died that he was buried that he rose again he suffered the cruel cross but he did he said though I go away I will send you a comforter I thank God for the Pentecostal experience I thank God for God the Holy Ghost oh I'm not ashamed Christian I'm not ashamed listen to me had a visiting sister this morning, came and met me at the back of the church. She said, Pastor, I wanted to come say hello to you. She said, I was there the morning of the baptism. She said, I think y'all called it a celebration day. I said, yes, ma'am. Celebration Sunday. She said, I was there. And she said, I was in that service. She said, I'd moved from Spring, Texas. And she said, she said, I... New being here, she said, with the worship and the things that were taking place. She said, oh, thank God for a Pentecostal church. And this morning, she said, can I just say how thankful I am to see a church that will allow the Holy Ghost to move. I'm thankful for a church where people will respond to the Spirit of God. She said, they are few and far between. Can I tell you tonight, oh, I'm not going to mumble brother Corey under my breath when they say what kind of church do you pastor I'm not going to uh-uh. no sir no ma'am I will proudly say because sister Kelly I am not ashamed of the gospel and all of the gospel includes the baptism of the Holy Ghost I am glad to say I pastor a Pentecostal church I pastor a place where the Spirit of God can come in contact with the heart and life of a man or a woman. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, I'm not ashamed. Oh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me remind you tonight 
Another thing that I'm not ashamed of. For if we believe, 1 Thessalonians 4, 14 through 18. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, we've established that. Even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord. And that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Listen. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. With the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Would somebody clap your hands for the fact the gospel includes Jesus is coming again. Some want to dismiss it away like it's an analogy. Like it is a figment of our imagination. It is a fairy tale. Brother Jacob, what's going to happen at the rapture of the church? Exactly what I read to you. Amen. Because it's his word. It's the gospel. It's the gospel. Listen to me tonight. I didn't get to preach this morning, so I got both barrels. Is that okay? I, I technically get a few extra minutes without any complaint. This is the gospel. This is the good news. I want to remind you tonight that the gospel is the centerpiece of all that we are or all that we will endeavor to do. You hear me? The gospel is the centerpiece. There has been much throughout the course of human history that has tried to substitute the gospel. We have many... And listen to me. Please hear pastor right now. I am not against you being educated. I'm not. You've been to school. You've furthered your education. You've got degrees. There's a whole lot of people in this building a whole lot smarter than I am. I do not say this as a slight against you. But I think that it is safe to say that we have a lot of educated fools around us. Did you know that that's even biblical? And I say that because the Bible says in the last days that they would be ever learning, but they would ha not have any knowledge of the truth. Come on. Do you think it's a coincidence that many of our kids that have come up in said Pentecostal churches go off for secular education and never come back to the church? You think it's a coincidence? No, because they are thought and taught. They are listening to atheistic or at best agnostic professors who will tell them that everything they grew up believing is not true. That they are fools. That that is ridiculous. That is for the narrow-minded. That, that the Word of God is a leaning a, a, a crutch for the weak mind. I have heard all types of things that are said. We have education that has tried to replace it. We have enlightenment that has tried to replace it. I heard, or should I say I read a statement 
uh, the other day. I don't know who this entertainer is. I have no clue who it is. But these were her words. She said, I no longer identify as a female. I am a binary person. She said, I believe that I am like God. And as I am like God, God is everything. And therefore, I am everything. And I mean when I read that, a cold chill went up my spine. And I'm not saying that for dramatic effect. And then immediately I said, God, help her. Open her eyes. There was another one in the Bible who said, I shall be like God. That is a spirit of antichrist. That is a spirit of the devil. Your enlightenment, your motivation, trying to get man to be a better version of himself, it does not replace the gospel. There is none righteous. No, not one. And if I'm going to live righteously, it is going to only come through the Lord Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I need Him. I need His blood. I need His word. I need His spirit. You hear me? There's a lot of things trying to substitute education, enlightenment, psychology. We got some knuckleheads telling our little kids, you can choose whether or not you're a man or a woman. Come on here. Bringing them into our schools and our education. Just come on in here and tell me how you feel about it. Tell me what you're thinking. And I, let me tell you something. At four years old, all I knew is I wanted peanut butter and jelly mac and cheese. You hear me? It is a ploy of the devil. Come on. We live in a hyper-sexualized society. And the enemy is perverted. And he wants to take the sacred gifts that God has given. And I know I'm looking around. I know there's some young ears in here. But I, let me just say that. And I'm not, I'm not embarrassed to say this because if we don't start mentioning these things, I'm going to tell you, Mom and Dad, you can get mad at your pastor all you want. But I'm going to tell you, if we're not discussing these things and having some very candid conversations with our children, you're going to get loosey-goosey and, and perverted Peter from a school somewhere who's going to tell your kids exactly what they ought to think and what they ought to know. And they can come home and tell you stuff that would make your head turn and cause you to turn 15 shades of red. Oh, I'm just telling you, friends, we cannot sit around and say, well, we're going to let the, this group raise our children. We're not going to let this one raise our children. Let's be men and women of God. You don't need a Dr. Phil, an Oprah Winfrey, a psychologist. What we need is the gospel, the gospel that sets the captive free. Oh, the gospel, I'm telling you, we have all of these areas and places that have tried to replace it, that have tried to silence it. Programs, politics, movements, men, and even, here's one, there won't be a lot of shouting over this, religion. Come on here. Well, pastor, you don't understand. I was baptized at three years old. I know all the things there is to know. You can sit staunchly and self-righteously in your church pew 
and be unmoved because before the preacher finishes the message, you think you've already got it figured out because, bless God, you've heard everything that's been preached. I don't have to be moved. We have religious attitudes and religious spirits. We condemn. We unjustly accuse. I'm not taken away from your experience or the time that you've been in the church. But I'm going to tell you something. You have not, Sister Haley, sang it deeper, yet I pray, and higher every day. And wiser, blessed Lord, what? In your precious, holy word. I'm going to tell you that it does not matter how long we've had membership. And let me just throw myself in there. It doesn't matter how many years I've been behind the pulpit. I'm coming up in this next March. We'll mark 25 years from the time that God called me to preach. And I preached my first message. There's others in here, Brother Torbert and others, preachers in here, that you have many more years than I could ever dream. But I'm going to tell you this. I cannot have the attitude, Brother Christian, nor any of us. It doesn't matter who we've sat under. It doesn't matter how many churches we've attended. It doesn't matter how many membership cards we've had. Can I say there should always be a desire to be broken, a desire to grow, a desire to learn you might surprise yourself and hear something you've never heard before you might surprise yourself and that religious spirit get broken and you find a real relationship with Jesus Christ and to turn your life upside down I'm telling you of all these things they are not the centerpiece the centerpiece is Christ he is the chief cornerstone he was the one the builders rejected but I'm so glad that tonight we stand upon the word and the word is the centerpiece of all the gospel I want you to know tonight is that when we look at the word of God when we look at the word of God we come to see In the book of Mark, I love this. It says, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me read it again. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is the beginning of all. In the beginning was the word And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Mark said, in the beginning, he said here, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, period. He is the centerpiece. 1 John 5, 11, and this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. It is in His Son. Modern day will tell you there's many paths to God. You don't have to. It's not that straight and narrow way like those old timers, those crazy people say. Oh, but I'm telling you, it is still Christ. It is still Christ. He is the centerpiece of the gospel. Acts 4 and 12, neither is there salvation, listen, in any other. For there is one name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be 
saved. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which also I received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. He said, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. What did He just present? He presented the gospel. Christ is the centerpiece of it all. If we ever get away from Christ as the centerpiece, we have missed it all. Listen to me. It is not about program. This is not about a gospel concert. This is not about showcasing our talents. This is not about anything else. But everything must center around Christ. Everything. Everything. That is how man, man will be saved. <clears throat> they interviewed David Wilkerson. As many of you are aware, as he had founded and started the ministry of Teen Challenge. And they had asked him one time, because many of the programs and treatment centers of the world, they paled in comparison to a success rate compared to that of Teen Challenge. At one point in time, I don't know what the st statistics are today, but at the time of this question presented to David Wilkerson, Teen Challenge had a success rate of almost 90%. 90% success rate of folks that never came back in, never got back into a situation where they were using again, where they were, where they were falling into addiction again, but a 90% success rate. And they asked him, they said, what is your secret to success? What is it that's so different and unique about Teen Challenge? And David Wilkerson's answer was very straightforward and very simple. He said, we introduce them to the Lord Jesus Christ where they can have a born-again experience. And he said, after that, he said, we introduce them and teach them about the subsequent experience of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He said, you get a man or a woman saved and full of the Holy Ghost. He said, it will break the chains of addiction. It'll set the captives free. His answer was simply this. We preach and promote the gospel. And he said the gospel works. And you don't have to add to it and you don't have to take away from it. Preacher, why are you saying all this tonight? Because we as a church are in a place, a dangerous place, a dilemma in the fact that there are too many of us that are looking around us and we're weighing out our options and we're looking at this plan and that thing and we've got generations that are teetering and wondering I want to say to the young men and young ladies in this church Sister Morgan and Peyton and Preston Benjamin and Aaron and as others that are here that are sitting in this congregation I want to let you know Sister Emma I want to let you know tonight that the same gospel that you have seen at work in your grandparents and in your parents Parents, it is the same gospel that is powerful enough to keep you in this day and in this time. I want to say, don't stand in the valley of decision, but may God give us a generation that says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I know that it works. I know that it works. Christ is the centerpiece of the gospel. We find the gospel, it changes lives. And I, I'm running out of time, but I want to say this is the gospel. 
What I love about the gospel is that it continues on. Are we fewer and far in between? Yes. But Brother T, the message is still being preached. It's being preached in Beaumont. It's being preached in Vider. It's being preached in Mauriceville. It's being preached, can I just tell you, we can go on and on. It's being preached in Jamaica. It's being preached in Honduras. It's being preached in Louisiana. And can I tell you, is that when the time comes that we look around and say, well, we're the only ones. No, sir. No, ma'am. God had told that prophet, he said, I've still got 7,000. They never bowed a knee and they've never kissed the ring. Come on, they've not, they've not worshipped Baal. They've not given themselves in. I want to tell you, oh, in this day and time, I wish to, I pray to God, I'd love to have a packed out house. But I want to tell you is that in this day and time, there may just be a remnant of us, but may we raise the bloodstained banner and say we're going to do our best to see the gospel continue. I've got a generation can I tell you I've got a daughter I've got an 11 year old girl getting ready to be 12 and can I say there's there's at times a Jesus Terry there's going to be stinking boys snooping around there's going to be things of this world that's going to want to try to vie for her attention can I say what's our remedy what is it I can do I'd love to lock her up in a box and ship her off on a deserted island and when she's 50 I'll let her out wouldn't that be wonderful if we could we could just mail or airdrop some food every now and again I'd love to do that and I know right now she's got to do what dad says to do and there's going to be a time of Jesus Terry she's going to make her own decisions but I want to do this I want to be sure brother Corey that my daughter and sister sister uh Laura, that's who I want to call you, Sister Allie. Your daughter Allie and McKenna and Audrey and we've got and we've got Silas and we've got Raina and we've got all of these children that are here, Joseph and Caroline and Liam and, and I mean we can go Jace and Max, we can go on and on. Can I say moms and dads? May we ever be proud of the gospel and may we live it. May we preach it. May we exercise it in our homes because it is the only thing, it is the only thing that's going to save our children. Come on here. It's the only thing. Brother Danny, would you come? It is the only thing. Well, Pastor, you were feeling it tonight because you was a little bit rough around the edges. No, I'm just telling you right now. We have to get back to the truths that actually transform our lives. That'll save our children. That'll save you. That'll save me. And that will keep us. Keep us. Brother Chris, we ain't got to go limping into heaven. Let me tell you something. You make heaven, you will not stand there and say, Well, I made it by the... Hair of my chinny chin chin. No. I'm sorry. There might be days you feel like you're barely getting by on this side of heaven. But I'm going to tell you it takes grit. And there's a lot of grit that's enshrined in, 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 in the words. He that endures to the end shall be saved. Well, I, Lord, I'm here, but I barely made it. No. You're going to be there because you made your mind up. You're going to be there because you counted the cost. 
You're going to be there because you committed to it. You're going to be there because you endured some things. That's what's going to happen. And friends, I want to challenge us tonight. The gospel. It's worth it. It's worth it. Let them say we're the strangest church on the block. I don't care. It's the gospel. It's the gospel. And I've seen it work too many times. I've seen him at work too many times, Brother Thacker, to doubt him now. Can we stand all over this house? Can we stand all over this house? Is there anybody here that you are thankful for the gospel? If you are, lift your hands to heaven. I want you right now, why don't you thank God that somebody told you the good news? Why don't you right now thank God that somebody told you the good news? Oh, Lord, I thank you that somebody loved me enough. Somebody loved me enough to tell me the good news. Somebody loved me enough to preach the gospel to me. Somebody loved me enough to tell me I didn't have to die in my sin. Somebody loved me enough to help show me a way where I can be saved. Somebody loved me enough to pray for me. Somebody love me enough to show me and teach me the Word of God. Come on, church. Would somebody thank Him? Somebody thank Him. I know that some of us, we've been in this thing a long time. And we can get a little bit calloused and say, well, I know. and I, I know this and I heard that. There's been times I've thought to myself, Lord, thank You. That I was born in the family I was born in. Thank you that you put around me the people you put around me so that I could know you. So that I could know you. And Lord, you've commissioned all of us. You've commissioned all of us to be ministers of this gospel. To live this gospel. To protect this gospel. At all costs. It is the power of God to the salvation of man, to everyone that would believe. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Lord, convict us, our, us older and more mature in this room. If we have settled, if we have compromised, if we have laid aside or laid up. Help us to realize there's children around us. Children around us that they need moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, elders and leaders in the church that aren't just professing one thing, but they're living it. They're living it. Tonight I want to ask you, church, I'm going to ask for you a commitment. A commitment. That tonight if you come up to this front, that you're making a commitment to say, I'm going to do all that I can within me to uphold the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to do all that I can to live the gospel. I'm going to do all that I can to teach the gospel 
I'm going to do all that I can to be a man, a woman, who will do my best to make sure that this gospel is lived and preached and manifested to a world that is hurting and lost. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to come and stand and lift your hands together as a body. If that's you tonight, you say, I want to commit. I want to commit. I want to commit.